Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been, been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I do not know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me. Where have you put him? And I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned to him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Instead, go to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I've seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Happy Easter. My name is Sarah Bagley. I'm the associate pastor here at Kerry and I'm just so excited to be able to give the word this morning. Who's excited to be here? Yeah, cool, about 10%. Awesome, it's great. You know, that's like a typical pastor thing to say, right? Oh yeah, three people. Anyway, thank you for participating in that. Um, did you know that this is my first Kerry Easter? Well, actually, I was with Kerry last year, but we were all in lockdown because of COVID. So this is my first Easter here at Kerry with you. How exciting is that? Now, I'm guessing that I'm not the only person who is having their first Kerry Easter. So if that is you, a big welcome to you. We can do this first together and uh, we're just gonna have a great time today. Now today, on this Easter Sunday, we continue in our series titled Encountering Jesus where we have been exploring the encounters that people had with Jesus that are told in the Gospel of John. 
Now, to continue in that today, we're going to look at a remarkable person named Mary. Do we have anyone here this morning named Mary? Just give us a wave. Any Marys? No. Surprisingly, there's a couple of boys who think their name's Mary, but I think that's it. Now, isn't that interesting? There's no, no Marys that I can see here today, no brave Marys who are willing to put up their hand. But there were quite a few Marys talked about in the Bible, seven, in fact, in the New Testament. So you need to know which Mary we're talking about. So first up, it's Easter and not Christmas. So we're not going to be talking about Mary, the mother of Jesus today, not that Mary, though she was present at the death of Jesus. Hands up if you've heard of Mother Mary, married to Joseph, mother of Jesus. Yeah, yeah, most of you have. She's a very popular Mary, but we're not talking about her today. The second Mary that we are not talking about today is Mary of Clopas, who is also known as the other Mary. And she was likely to be the first Mary's sister-in-law. Now, who has heard of this Mary? Yeah, not as many of you. Uh, she's probably not as popular as her sister-in-law, you know, the Mary who carried and birthed Jesus. But this Mary was present at the death and the burial of Jesus as well, and she was one of the female disciples of Jesus. So I think she's a pretty cool Mary as well. We're also not talking about Mary, sister of Lazarus and Martha, or Mary of Bethany, but today we are, we are in fact talking about Mary known as Mary Magdalene. Now, who has heard of Mary Magdalene before three minutes ago? Yeah, yeah, so she isn't as popular as Mary, mother of Jesus, but I think she is well uh, more known, well known than the other Mary. And so this morning, we're going to see that this Mary, Mary Magdalene, had a front row encounter with Jesus on many occasions, and in particular, she had a front row seat at the resurrection of Jesus, which is what we celebrate today on this Easter Resurrection Sunday. Now, you've heard the account from the Gospel of John this morning. You heard what is recorded of Mary Magdalene's experience on the morning of the resurrection and how she not only had a first-hand encounter with angels, but with the resurrected Jesus himself, which if you could actually grasp the enormity of that, your mind would actually be blown. It's actually a really big deal. But before we explore this encounter, we need to go back a few steps in Mary's story. You see, meeting the resurrected Jesus wasn't Mary's first encounter with him. Witnessing Jesus be murdered a few days before wasn't Mary's first encounter with him either. In fact, Mary's first encounter takes place at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. And this is important because if we're not careful, it could seem that it was just a lucky coincidence that Mary Magdalene got to see Jesus risen from the dead. It could be so easy to think that this could have been any of the disciples and, and she just got lucky. But what I want to show you is that that is not the case. That actually Mary Magdalene got to encounter angels and she got to encounter the risen Jesus as the result of a faithful life that led to this epic encounter. Because Mary's encounter in John 20 really is a success story. It's a great moment. But how did she get there? And so for that, we actually have to go to the gospel account of Luke in chapter 8. 
to Mary's origin story. You see, Mary Magdalene has been called one of the greatest examples of pure devotion in the entire Bible. And we see her in John 20 having an encounter with the risen Lord, an encounter Christians dream about, being face to face with the risen Jesus in the flesh. But Mary's roots were incredibly humble. And so let's read about it. We're in Luke 8, 1 to 3. Soon afterward, Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns and villages, preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. He took his 12 disciples with him, along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Among them were Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons, Joanna, the wife of Chazar, Herod's business manager, Susanna, and many others who were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. So this is early in Jesus' ministry. He starts his first preaching tour, preaching the gospel to every city, getting his message out to every place. And we see that he doesn't do this alone. We see that it's a big task, and so he has his 12 disciples with him. But that wasn't all. Some women were also with Jesus. And just as importantly, some women who had been healed of evil spirits and diseases. Now, these women, including Mary Magdalene, had experienced an encounter with Jesus. They had been healed by him. And we see that as a result of that encounter, they were serving Jesus in a powerful way. They were providing for Jesus and his ministry from their own resources. The NIV says, out of their own means. Now, Mary Magdalene, who had had an encounter with Jesus, out of whom seven demons, seven. Now, I don't care how you count. That is a lot of demons, right? And because of her encounter with Jesus... She goes on to dedicate her life to the ministry of Jesus and she supports him out of her own means. She was one of the most faithful women on earth during Jesus' ministry. And today, her name is renowned for her faithfulness to Christ and is one of many women who supported Jesus while he was here on earth. So for Mary... It wasn't just this fluke thing that caused her to be able to see Jesus risen from the dead and get to be a part of the most important, greatest story ever told. For her, it was a way of life, beginning when she started out at rock bottom. I mean, the first time she shows up in the Bible, she's in need of an exorcism because she's full of demons. And here she had her first encounter with Jesus and he healed her. From there, she went on to devote her life to Jesus, to support his ministry through financial support, through praying, through her faithful service. There were few people more devoted to Jesus than Mary. And so with that in mind, knowing Mary was regularly doing what she did, giving, praying, serving, following, that is exactly how she got to be a part of that very first Resurrection Sunday. And so we come to John chapter 20. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the tomb had been, the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved. Now that's John's nickname for himself, right? Which by the way, I encourage you to go and steal straight away. Who are you? I'm someone loved by Jesus. 
You know, he so internalized Jesus' love that whenever he talked about himself, he was just like, I'm someone loved by Jesus. What's your story? I'm loved by Jesus. What else? Well, actually, that's the most important thing about me. I'm just loved by Jesus. I think that's pretty cool. And what does Mary tell them? He tells Peter and John that Jesus is not in the tomb anymore, which is totally not normal. There's so many things we can just brush by, but actually that's totally not normal. And she said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. So so she's acknowledging, I'm not alone. She's got her girls with her. And we're told in Mark's gospel that Salome and the other Mary were at the tomb with her. She said, we don't know where they laid him. Verse 3, Peter and the other disciple, that's John, started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. Now we see in the next verses that they look in the tomb, they see that Jesus isn't there, it's just his grave clothes lying there. And then verse 10, the disciples went back to where they were staying. Verse 11, now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. Now note, the men left. I can only assume that the other women left. But Mary chose to stay. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher, Jesus said, do not hold on to me for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had had said these things to her. It was a remarkable encounter which was no fluke. This was no random lucky lottery where Mary just ended up in the front row seat on the most important day in human history and got to be the first person ever to be sent out with the message of the resurrection and the message of hope to anybody who would need it. Go tell the disciples. Mary got to be the one to tell the world for the first time. Long before Billy Graham ever preached it, long before any preacher ever stood up, even before the Apostle Paul put it in his epistles, Mary got to be the one to say, hey world, Jesus is alive. And I want to show you what went into the making of this beautiful moment. I want to show you what poised Mary and prepared her to be there. Now, Mary's mentioned 14 times in the Gospels, and from references to her, we can see clearly what she did and how she did it. And what I want us to see today is that there are things that we can do that would prepare us for an epic Jesus encounter. Because I believe that Mary was chosen for this particular encounter because she spent from Luke 8 all the way to the end of the gospel, getting ready to be in the right place at the right time to have an an amazing encounter with the risen Jesus. And I want us to be poised ready to encounter the risen Jesus in amazing ways too.
So what did Mary do? What did Mary do that brought her to this encounter with the risen Jesus? There are actually a truckload of things I could tell you today, but I'm only going to share four with you because of time. Firstly, Mary showed gratitude. That's number one. And you would be grateful too if you had seven demons and then Jesus touched your life. Now, Mary was fully given over to the kingdom of darkness until Jesus touched her, until Jesus found her, until Jesus sought her, until he healed her and brought meaning and hope to her life. He changed everything about her. And so, of course, the text says she would use her substance, her means to support his ministry. Of course, she would say, I will do whatever I can do because she was a grateful person. And grateful people always pivot and seek to be a blessing because they've received a blessing. And from my experience, gratitude is never silent. It's never invisible. It's never like, well, you don't know my heart. I'm a grateful person on the inside. No, if you're grateful, you'll speak up. If you're grateful, you'll show up. If you're grateful, you'll stand up. And Mary didn't just say thanks to Jesus. She said, how can I help? What can I do? What needs to happen? You guys obviously have needs. It's not free to get the gospel out. You know, do you need resources? Great. I have that. I've got gifts. I've got blessings. You've got salvation. I've got money. I couldn't save myself, so I'm going to use what I can do to help you. She said, I want more people to be touched like I've been touched. That's gratitude in action. And throughout her whole life, Mary's just continually giving because of her gratitude, giving of her finances, her time, her devotion. And on the morning of Jesus' resurrection, Mary shows up at the tomb of Jesus before it was even light with her arms full of the most expensive things in that day that you could give. Now, spices were not free. And she's like, I'm going to do more. I know Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus hastily wrapped him, but he's going to get wrapped better than that. And she spent the whole Sabbath day scheming and planning on how she could give even more to Jesus. And early in the morning, through the dark, through the risk, she shows up there with more in her hands. Why? Because she's grateful. And we can see that all over her life. The second thing I believe helped, that helped poise Mary for this incredible encounter with the resurrected Jesus is that she showed resilience. Now, going through something like she went through, being demon-possessed, being at her darkest, it would be easy to be defined by that. It'd be easy for that to be your whole life, unable to speak about anything but that. And I think we've all been around people who have been through something difficult, but they can't get over it. They're defined by their past. They're like in a loop, just constantly replaying the hurts, replaying the hard times. And it's like you would never know that they've encountered Jesus and he's brought them through something because it almost seems like they're still stuck in that thing. But Mary, she was a person who others would say, wow, being around you, it's hard to believe that you went through anything traumatic because there's such a sweetness about you. There's such a brightness to you. There's such an optimism to you. You're not defined by the hard things that you've been through. You're driven by them to seek out other people and to be a blessing to them. Now, I love how the Bible says that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got brought through the fiery furnace. But in fact, their story was that they didn't even smell 
like smoke. You, couldn't even, like, you could be around them and not smell the smokiness of their trial. And my prayer is that God will help us to be a people that you actually have to hear our story and hear our testimony to know who has been through some hard things because it's no longer evident. Now, Mary Magdalene, she did not have a victim mentality. She was a, because you can't be a victim and a victor at the same time. And I believe that Mary was more than a conqueror. Now, yes, I need to acknowledge that many of us have been through some really tough things. And I don't want to minimize that today. But heaven help us to be a people who are called redeemed, called saved, called loved, rather than being called, I was forgotten, I was neglected, I was abandoned, I was divorced, I'm a cancer survivor. Let's not take our identity from what we've been through, but rather from who we've been called to. And that's Mary all the way. She was resilient. Now, thirdly, Mary showed courage. She had courage to show her face at the cross. And when Jesus died, we don't read about Peter being at the cross. Thomas, I doubt he showed up either. In fact, there's only one disciple who showed up at the cross, and that was John. And I think that preaches powerfully that someone marked by love was willing to show up. He was known as the disciple that Jesus loved, self-described. He wasn't defined by his past. His identity was marked by the one he had been called to. But I don't think there were any other disciples, but Mary was there. Mary was there with her cast of women, and they were there. Now, why was it so dangerous to be at the cross? Why were the disciples hidden behind locked doors? Well, because they thought that they were going to be rounded up next to be put to death as accomplices of Jesus. But Mary was fearless. She showed courage to be there, especially given that she was always by Jesus' side. She was a disciple of Jesus too. Now, I love this poem, as I think it speaks volumes of Mary's character. It says, Not she with traitorous kiss her master stung. Not she denied him with unfaithful tongue. She, when apostles fled, could dangers brave, last at the cross and earliest at the grave. Mary was courageous, she was faithful, and she was strong. But we also read that even within her courageousness, she was emotionally invested in Jesus. And we read that Mary stood outside the tomb crying. She was also vulnerable and real. And here Mary was really struggling with the death of Jesus. She didn't know where his body had gone. This was real trauma, and as I'm sure you know, Hard times don't actually change who you are in the moment. They show who you really are. It exposes what's really going on inside of a person. And for Mary, we see her on her worst day of her life, when the person she had given her life to serve is brutally murdered in front of her, and she shows at her core she is a disciple of Jesus. Take the money away, fine. Take my life, great. Put me on the cross next, do it. Whatever it takes, I'm going to be here for Jesus. He changed my life. He saved my soul. I'm going to give everything I have for him. Now, where does power like that come from? Well, two words. My Lord. My Lord. She says to the angels, they have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they put him. My Lord. 
The question is, who is Jesus to you? It's the most important question I believe you will ever answer. She didn't say the Lord, she said my Lord. And that possessive pronoun has the capacity to change everything for you. When Jesus is your Lord, you know the sound of his voice. And we're told that when Mary finally meets Jesus on that day, we're told that she was crying outside the tomb. The disciples had gone away, Peter had gone away, John had gone away, but Mary stood at the tomb weeping. Now, where else was she going to go? But this is the last place that she knew he was. She's still got the spices. She's not going anywhere. And Jesus says, who are you seeking? And she turns thinking he's the gardener and she goes, where did you put him? Thinking he's like the funeral tender or the caretaker. Where did you put him? Did you move him to a different grave? Tell me where he is and I'll take care of it. And Jesus says, Mary. And she instantly drops to her knees at the sound of Jesus speaking her name. And there will be nothing more powerful in your life than your ears being attuned to the sound of your shepherd's voice. John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they will follow me. Now, what could be more important than in these days of uncertainty and at times chaos than us tuning our ears to hear the sound of our shepherd's voice, who each day calls us out and gives us the capacity to follow him? Mary showed courage, and resilience. She showed gratitude and she dedicated her life to being a disciple of Jesus. He was her Lord and Mary always showed up for her Lord. She showed up. Why did she get the front row encounter on this day? Because she was there. And that is the story of Mary's life. She showed up. She showed up to finance. She showed up to support. She showed up to help. She showed up to pray. She showed up to lead. She showed up to influence. She showed up. And she knew what you and I need to know, that the gospel story needs to be told. Mary was someone who was invested in the story, the story of redemption, the story of salvation. She invested in it continuing to be told. And she was grateful for what Jesus had done in her life. She was resilient and didn't let her past define who she was. She let Jesus be her identity. She showed courage and always turned up even when it was hard. And she devoted her life to being a disciple of Jesus. The great news is that Jesus is risen. The story of Easter is that Jesus took on the sins of the world, paid the price for those sins by dying on a cross. But because he is God, death could not hold him down. He rose from the dead. And even though it gave Mary a momentary heart attack, Jesus' sacrifice means that everyone, anyone, you, me, the person next to you can encounter the resurrected Jesus in your life. Whether that be for the first time today where you say, yes, I want to make Jesus my Lord, or you are wanting to have Jesus move afresh in your life. Easter has made that a possibility. And so I'm just going to ask you all right now, if you would just lower your heads and close your eyes because I want to give you the opportunity to have your own Jesus encounter today. 
Now, for some of you, this is the time to show courage, to take a step in your faith journey that perhaps you have never taken before. And so I encourage you to be brave and listen to the promptings of God's Spirit this morning. And so if you have said yes to Jesus in the past and have made him the Lord of your life, but you want to see Jesus move in your life afresh this morning, maybe you have a longing for more of God, a longing to experience him in a deeper or more tangible way. Maybe you need Jesus to turn up with a miracle. You need healing. You need a a relationship restored, whatever it is. You want to encounter Jesus in your life in an epic way today. If that is you, would you just raise your hand? If you want to ask the Holy Spirit to move in ways that he's never moved before, just raise your hand this morning because I want to pray for you. Yeah, there's hands up in the beginning, at the back there, in the middle, over to the side. All right, I'm going to pray for you. Jesus, we ask you this morning for a fresh encounter with you. Fill us with your spirit afresh. Give us boldness, give us faith, and give us fire. For our brothers and sisters who need healing, would your spirit bring healing? Where relationships need to be restored, may your spirit lead the way for restoration. Where we need courage to step out for your name's sake, would you give us courage and boldness and resilience? God, we invite your spirit to have your way in your church this Resurrection Sunday. As we stay in a posture of prayer right now, if you have never encountered the risen Jesus before, I want to talk to you. In a moment, I'm going to give you the opportunity to respond by raising your hand. I want to give you the opportunity to invite Jesus to move in your life today. Now, perhaps you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord, but this morning you are ready to do that. Perhaps you've never been to church. Perhaps you've been to church your whole life and you have all the knowledge about God, but you have never had a heart encounter with Jesus where you've asked him to be your Lord and Saviour. Because of Jesus' death and resurrection, you are offered a free gift of salvation. Because God loves you so much, he sent his son Jesus to die in your place so you can have a relationship with him. He loves you so much that he was willing to do that for you. The only thing you need to do is ask Jesus to be your Lord. And so I give you the opportunity to do that right in this moment. It may require courage, but it will be the best thing that you ever do. So if you say yes today, if you say yes, I want Jesus to be my Lord, would you just raise your hand right now? Just raise it up just so I know who I'm going to pray with. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I see that hand over there. I see this hand in the front. I see that on the other side and that one there. If you've raised your hand or just maybe you weren't quite brave enough to do that, would you just pray this prayer in your heart this morning? Let's pray. Father God, thank you for sending your son to change my life. Jesus, today I want you to have an encounter I want to have an encounter with you, the risen Lord. I ask you to be my Lord and my Saviour. Fill me with your spirit so I can follow you for the rest of my life. I thank you, Jesus, for the new life you are gifting me with. In Jesus' name, I pray.
Now, if you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning and there were quite a few of you who raised your hand, I really want you to either tell the person who's next to you, tell them, I said yes to Jesus this morning. If you don't have someone you're comfortable with nearby, would you come and see me? Come and see Pastor Pete. And we would love to just encourage you in your journey. But right now we're going to stand. We're going to worship our great God. Thanks, church.